So I just recently watched the 13th and the 13th conversation, both of which I think are really good. If you get the chance, I definitely recommend the watch, you know, but I think I should have done a reaction to just the 13th and then just the conversation because now it's going to seem like I, well, not that I don't like it, but like that I'm talking heavily about the conversation that was had afterwards. So let me say this. I think that the movie itself does a really good job of painting the picture of how we got to where we are now. Um, She has very excellent experts who are doing research on these topics who are working in the criminal system and who were formerly incarcerated who have now become activists so she has and she also has like conservatives politicians so she has a wide swath of people who are authorities on this subject who are talking about it I think the key thing to take away from at least the movie is to understand that we have not changed, that we have found that America has found the ability to revolutionize without revolution, to become a global standard, but not um, actually change. I think it also gets to the root of fear or the fear that drives a white supremacist society or like the fact that we're paying for the mistakes of the people who came before us and the people who came before us and the people who came before us because they were never really able to fix the core of the issues facing this great melting pot that they created and also the need for surplus labor that you don't have to really pay for and how we as a nation dealt with that issue that being the 13th amendment saying hey everybody's free but if you commit a crime then you once you're a criminal it's like well you give up your autonomy you give up your choice and now you're then going to work. So then it led to, oh, you're loitering, blah, 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 blah. And you're incarcerated. So now, you know, you're back to doing what you were doing during slave times. And that has continued. And also the other issue that is brought up, which I think I would have liked to see her bring in uh, Ruth Gilmore Williams I think is the name but she does a lot of stuff in terms of like talking about uh the prison system but in terms of economics because I think uh she would have given a little bit more to the piece about um how much money is now in the prison system it is so big now how do we stop it um And I think the figures that she mentions in terms of like the fact that America is only 5% of the world's population, but 25% of the prison population, one in four 
Americans are behind bars. And one in three black men are are going to like are going to or likely to end up in jail. And also the fact that uh, black men make up 6.5% of the overall population, but 40.2% of the prison population. So I think the figures that are offered in this are staggering. And I do think that they do go a long way to prove people's points. But the thing that I don't like in, well, at least in the conversation, I don't necessarily feel I feel like it's in the movie, but it's, I think, a lot more subtle um, because you're spitting facts, you know what I mean? Um, in the conversation, this idea of like this rehumanization, and I do think that there is a need to rehumanize the criminal and I believe that they brought this up in the book, the fact that like a lot of people this is like one of the figures they brought up was um a lot of people in prisons are on plea bargains or they're just too poor to get out and I think Ale uh Michelle Alexander mentions this and maybe Steven does too so you have um these people who have the inability to work within this criminal justice system and uh Steven, I think that's his name, who works with the death row inmates, he says, hey, um, you are better off criminal, like guilty and rich than poor and innocent. So I think what it speaks to is what the job of law enforcement is, number one, and what the goal of our nation is because we have I think we over criminalized because we have this moral panic and I think that there's no way because you know the one of the things they talk about in this is the politician aspect um, is that politicians now you can't get elected if you're not tough on crime so there's this constant like nothing within the criminal justice system changes everything just gets worse because nobody can there's no call on either side to do that, to do the work, to actually reform the criminal justice system or change it. I personally am not a prison abolitionist, but I do believe in that something has to change. I guess I'm more of a reformist, but then at the same time, I realize that reform itself is not necessarily a positive um because that's basically what we've been doing with a lot of issues we're just you know putting band-aids and band-aids on it but what we need is a full-blown like what are we gonna do instead of this you know what I mean and we also need to realize I 
on some level, I do agree with the idea that like we shouldn't be taking rights away from uh, prisoners or felons. Like they still deserve the right to vote. They still deserve the right to like receive assistance and things like that. Um, and we do need to do something about the recidivism rates and stuff like that. But at the same time, you, we've built a system that makes money off of this. You know what I mean? They're not giving them the tools they need to um, navigate society. But while at the same time pouring tons and tons of dollars, more dollars than they are willing to pay for a student getting their education. So... It, I think our priorities, one, are shown within our laws. And I do think that our forefathers and, like, people who have added to the body of work that rules our country, I don't, I don't think that they thought far. You know what I mean? I don't think that they thought, oh, my God, this is going to be the implications of this. Because oftentimes, even when having a conversation, we don't think about the implications of what that means outside of our conversation unless somebody who's in that conversation brings it up so I don't necessarily think that these things were done with the thought that 200 300 years down the line that we are still going to be dealing with the issue of race in America I do, I mean or I could be being an idealist but I don't think that that's true but I think doing this kind of work I don't like the idea that you constantly need to rehumanize because I feel like that stops the conversation if we're constantly trying to humanize black people humanize criminals I feel like that's where the conversation it starts at humanizing them, but then we don't ever get to, like, the work part. Like, let's get to the, like, action part. Like, if you are living in this world right now and we are still trying to teach you or you still need a lesson in the fact that we are all humans, okay, then you are so far removed that I don't think that you can be like, I think that that's a waste of time. I think we need to work with the people we can work with and realize that there are some people that you just can't save and just hope that they don't procreate more people like that. Or hopefully that we build an education system that can actually combat, um, the home life because you spend more time in school sometimes than you do at home for some people. And I think that that's really all we can do about those people. I think we need to start the conversation at the reform part. Um, I do feel like though, that there was a lot of this movie that I kind of knew, but I love the way that, um, Ava conceptualized it and, uh, just found all these really amazing people who are doing really amazing work within their fields to talk about it, you know, cause it seemed very honest and like, you know, she had, um, asked them very like poignant questions, but then at the same time, cause I know like 
somebody might comment on this or somebody might hear this. Uh, people make decisions because there have been um, videos or like videos that have come out about, oh, is it uh, the Nixon or Reagan? whatever the southern strategy or whatever and the video came out saying like basically that we went from uh nigger 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 to states rights and now you know what I mean so I do think that there's some level of propaganda and stuff like that but I also think that when you're trying to win an election you're not I don't know if you're necessarily thinking about the implications of what you're saying you know what I mean or at least I would like to hope that that is what's going on. I think I still, like I said, I think I still hold on to a little bit of idealism. And I think that's why I can't necessarily let go of, minus the fact that my mind has been colonized for reformation or doing reformist things. Because it's like, yeah, what is what does a world look like without prisons I mean it's a very serious question I've been racking my brain over this semester with uh one of my teachers who teaches my crime and punishment class it's like what does that look like I don't know like I've never lived in a world like that and like people are like oh we don't treat our dogs this bad blah 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 but I mean we still have we still put animals in cages you know what I mean maybe maybe it, it seems better you know what I mean? But I don't I don't know if we're necessarily above it. What about zoos? You know what I mean? But I do think that we need to find a better way. But I think that the key thing to me is that like until we have an honest dialogue on race, nothing is ever going to change. And I think it's the job of academics, in my opinion, to critique themselves because academics themselves play a role in the policies that then get presented and stuff like that. I did not know about that whole Alec thing. I think that that's really interesting. Now that undercover, come on now, we need to infiltrate this organization. And I'm sure, like she said, there are people who are out that there are organizations out there trying to combat them but I mean when they've been around for decades and decades and decades and have had serious powerful uh, corporations siphoning money into them whether or not they're affiliated officially affiliated with them like that's a powerhouse and stuff like that and I hate the fact that our politicians can be bought you know like like what, like then at the same time, like, yeah, now I understand what law enforcement's job is and what the job of the prison system is to do is to deal with our poverty problem, contain these people, um, deal with the fact that we don't know what to do without this enormous amount of free and surplus labor. But... And, you know, the idea that more and more corporations are going to it. But, like, as a politician, I just don't, I, like, I don't understand it. Because you get elected by the people and for the people. 
you know, in theory, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, that's not the case. Like, the fact that you can be bought, I think means that like, why are you out here doing anything? Like, I feel like being in public service, you should be a little bit more selfless. You know, but maybe that's asking a little too much, but I feel like that's the way you should be. You should be selfless, you know, and, you know, like the Trump comments and stuff like that. I like that the fact that they were layered over like cinematically. I also I loved the music um, that was chosen and the the little breaks, because I mean, what you're talking about is a very heavy topic you know what I mean that really causes people to look inside themselves like how am I also a part of this system how am I also a part of this constant criminalization of these groups of people because that's because like it's not just the out the people outside of us that we you know like or in the organizations that we hate it's also us we determine what is delinquent we play a part in that criminalization. You know what I mean? It's like, all to me, this is going to sound extreme, but like, shouldn't all women kind of be doing sex work? You know what I mean? Or it's like, you don't really have to do anything. Like, you can just be cleaning your house and have a webcam on and you'd be able to make money. You know what I mean? But because of the stigma and people don't do it. You know what I mean? Because it's like, ugh. I don't want to be seen that way. You know what I mean? One of the oldest professions ever, but that's the way we think about it. So I think we also play a part in creating the norm and what is socially acceptable and what is not. So I think we also have to look inside of ourselves and say, like, how am I also contributing to this system? But, um... The speeches that she chose from Trump, I know I'm like bouncing, 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 but the speeches that she chose from him, I think with uh, with the layered images added in a sense to talk about like those dog whistle words, like in terms of like back in the day, those people would be on stretchers, da, 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 da. Like, you know, the way that he talks about it, I think his rhetoric is dangerous, But I feel weird about it because I don't, and this is why I'm saying, like, I don't think that everybody who does these types of things realize, realizes the damage that they're doing. You know what I mean? And I feel like Trump is bordering somewhere in, like, almost on cult leader status you know what I mean like if he didn't have the power that he had and he just was out there spouting this stuff he would just be a cult leader and the sad part is he's probably going to get reelected because nobody is invigorating on the democratic side and everybody is fatigued everybody is tired there are so many like we have a put things off for so long immigration reform education reform prison reform we've put these things so far off actually having a dialogue on race in america and so we've basically been in a slow 
pressure cooker and the lid is about to pop, I would not be surprised if there was in the next, I'm going to say five to 10 years, a physical revolt. You know what I mean? Like we are reliving history right now. You know, we need leaders in in all communities to sit down Like, and I'm not talking about politicians because fuck those guys, they are being bought, you know, or at least enough of them are being bought for it to matter. But we need to sit down. We need to unite people. And I think the really interesting thing also that's brought up in this is the fact that like many uh, black leaders have been killed, imprisoned. So it doesn't necessarily lend itself to speaking out or being an activist. And so now I think a lot of these great minds are stuck within the confines of academia and not writing things for mainstream or mass consumption, you know, Um, And that's just to say that, like, I know people know, like, key figures and stuff like that. But but very seldom do you see, like, key figures, especially educational figures, like, at least from my knowledge, on the front lines in today's world. You know, in my, well, I would say, like, most of my lifetime we're not seeing these key figures and it's because of the fact that you will be instantly criminalized you are a black identity extremist we are very concerned about that but we are not concerned about white identity extremists who are out here legitimately killing children and i think both parties um are not with that but nothing is actually being done because these people are vulnerable and they are sick I think that you can believe in, you cannot believe in race mixing or in things like that. I think the whole idea that like you can't go into this place is a bit extreme, but you can want to live your life in your own little neighborhood, very homogenized and stuff like that. If you want to segregate yourself, that's one thing, but you, you don't have the right to then go out there and segregate the rest of the world and blame other people for your issues. I kind of got off topic there. Sorry. But yeah, I recommend this freaking movie because I think it paints a really good picture. It gives a very foundational knowledge. Um, And like she said in the conversation, it doesn't let you off the hook. However, I do disagree with like, I think we need to stop starting the conversation with this constantly rehumanizing the black body. Because I feel like we're all getting nowhere. And I also think that I don't know how to do this per se, but I think that we like to sit down with these people who are creating these laws or putting forth these laws. Like, I think they need somebody who thinks outside of the bounds of a year. You know what I mean? Like, they need somebody who thinks in terms of like, what are the social implications of this? You know what I mean? And I think that 
our president needs to like curb his language like the intensity that he has in terms of what was shown in that clip I'm is just it's appalling especially when it's layered over older footage in terms of black people getting hosed getting beat by the police and and that tension between law enforcement and police shows that the job of law enforcement is to take over the role of the kkk basically you know what i mean to enforce order and subordination which is like to me at least rather scary but i definitely recommend it but i do think we need to get off of get off of this rehumanizing rehumanizing like let's just we should all by now agree that people are people so now let's just start making the progress let's start having the real conversation we've all agreed on the definitions okay now let's get to the nitty-gritty while i also understand that the 13th amendment has allowed for the boom of well that along with other policies has allowed for the boom of the prison industrial complex the creation of the prison industrial complex and I do think that it's unneeded to me now you know what I mean but I think we gotta we now we just need to reform it you know what I mean we need to reform it we need to change it we need to strike that you know what I mean? But I think we still need to be offering like skills in prisons or like some form of something so that they can come back and be productive members of society. We need to allow them to vote. We need to allow them to be able to like feed themselves and live somewhere or else, you know, we're just investing in recidivism because of the amount of money that comes from that from corporations everybody's got their fucking hands in it now that I think it's just insane and uh I think that everybody from now on break the system stop taking these fucking plea bargains I don't care take the risk take the risk because the system would break down if everybody was just like, yeah, I'm going to trial. Yeah, I'm going to trial. Yeah, I'm going to trial. You know what I mean? Like right now where I live, so many people are saying, like, this is like in terms of traffic violations. They're like, I'm, I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it. When's my court date? You know what I mean? I got a ticket. Okay. For like running the stop sign that was like obstructed by this person's tree in their yard or whatever. But, um, and the police officer was like, oh yeah, like we've been getting a lot of calls to this area and the people who deal with like city planning and stuff are like, oh yeah, um, I've heard about this. And the person who gave me my court date, it's like, oh yeah, I heard about this. So all of us fucking know that there's a problem, there's an obstruction, but you guys are still out here handing out tickets. I think that that's a little insane. But anyways, this is to say that like everybody is now pushing to uh what's it called to have their day in court to uh 
fight this and my court date isn't until next year like the middle of next year like that's insane but now I can't imagine if everybody if everybody like criminal and or otherwise was like yeah we're we're doing this we are going to break this system so we would have to reform it we are in a pressure cooker we need to put pressure on it because without pressure there is no change and I think that that's sad to say that and I think in some respects it works and in others it doesn't like I think that the constant shootings that we have have done nothing I think people are just fatigued and the next day it's something different you know what I mean it's hard to care about everything but I do think that I hope or at least I hope that another major tragedy doesn't have to happen to really like, like, I'm just hoping like, yo, does another night I'm like thinking like, does another like 9-11 need to happen before we're like, all get on board and start like fucking humanize not even humanizing, but like getting to the point where we like fucking are out here getting shit done. You know what I mean? Like we need to let go of a little bit of individualism so we can get shit done. You know what I mean? Because we are all part of our society. We're all here. So we need to get shit done. But I just hope that it doesn't have to come from something so negative. It won't be a school shooting, though, because like the shit's. Yeah, I don't know. Like that's not I that I think is over. I think Columbine definitely impactful. But these last few mass shootings you know like it's like it happens people feel sad for a day and then it's like so quickly forgotten so we I think pressure is the only way that things are ever going to change and I think it's hard within a bureaucracy because it's like who's responsible this is a multi-layered system and everybody is playing their their part but I think you got to realize what part am I playing and then change your role but that's it. Um, this was just a long ass rant. I hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, watch the movie and the conversation that she has with Oprah after. Both are really good, really informative. Worth it.